That was beautiful, a cappella. Thank you. Uh, so from next week, uh, the uh, order of service will be a little bit different. So I hope that you can come all uh, on time. Uh, so the announcement will begin uh, right in the uh, beginning. Happy Easter. Resurrection. That's a difficult topic. Knowing resurrection is not like uh, knowing a uh, computer or knowing forgiveness. Resurrection is hard to talk about it. No one can explain it. Uh, maybe something that you cannot understand resurrection by explanation or visual presentation. We can never do that. Even the early Christians had difficult time explaining the resurrection. Even those who experienced the resurrection had difficult time explaining that resurrection to others. First of all, the disciples met the risen Christ, some of the disciples, but Thomas did not happen to be there so they tried to explain to Thomas about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But they failed. They couldn't do that. Doesn't matter what they, try, uh, they tried. They could not really explain resurrection to Thomas. And this is what Thomas said. Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. Like, unless I see it, unless I touch it, I will not believe it. And then disciples could not really let him see it or uh, touch it or anything like that. But next week, when the risen Christ came to Thomas, he didn't need any of what he demanded. Somehow, it's not just seeing the risen Christ. It is somehow that resurrection event happened. And he believed and he made the highest confession. That is, my Lord and my God. In the gospel, nobody said, my God. Nobody said Jesus was God. They were at, at most, they were able to say Jesus was the son of God, but nobody was able to say Jesus was God. But Thomas was only the first one who said, my Lord and my God. So the early Christians had difficult time explaining the resurrection and understanding the resurrection. For example, uh, when risen Christ came to Mary, Mary with physical eyes, she saw the risen Christ, but he, she didn't realize that that was Christ, Jesus. She didn't even know. And another incident, two disciples were on the road to uh, Emmaus, and they were talking with the risen Christ. Jesus was uh, risen, and he, he, they were talking with him. But all the way to the end, they were talking, but they didn't know that it was Jesus who was risen. So the early Christians had difficult time explaining resurrection. So we realize that 
resurrection is not to be understood by seeing it, touching it, explaining it, or proving it. <sighs> Then I realized that maybe the resurrection is bigger reality than what we can explain by touching it, seeing it, or feeling it. It's much, much bigger reality. Then, when you are not able to explain it, prove it, showing it, show it, how can we accept the resurrection? That's a big question to all of us. How can we accept the resurrection? And I realized that we don't see the resurrection, but we see the power of resurrection. We don't see the wind, but we see the power of the wind. So we don't see the resurrection, we don't, but we see the power of resurrection. Then what is that power of resurrection? I believe that there is hope. When the power of resurrection is crystallized, there is hope. Within you, you have hope. And that is a crystallization of the power of resurrection. Hope is not something that you can see because hope is something that has not happened yet. So you have hope for something which has not happened yet. So it is hard. It, you cannot uh, really see. So you don't hope for what you see. I mean, this is what St. Paul said uh, eloquently about hope. For in hope, we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So hope is not for what you don't see. I mean, that's the nature of hope. If you have hope for tomorrow, you don't see tomorrow yet. So you hope for what you do not see. But amazing thing about hope is that hope makes you what you cannot see, see. Somehow, that's what hope does. Hope makes you see what you cannot see. When you suffer from illness, you don't see healing. When you suffer from injustice, you don't see justice. When you suffer from bondage, you don't see freedom. You don't see that. But you hope for what you don't see. But then when you have hope, you start seeing healing, justice, and freedom. That's why we fight for our illness, injustice around us, and bondage that binds us. Because we see healing, we see justice, and we see freedom. It is hope within us. And our hope will not be in vain. Our hope comes true 
as Jesus rose from the dead. And we will also rise from the ashes. That was a secret of the early Christians, I realized. Because disciples, when, you, uh, when they were around uh, Jesus, they were totally helpless and hopeless and incapable. They didn't have faith. They were doubtful all the times. They always made mistakes. They weren't able to carry on. So many people might have expected that with the death of Jesus, the movement of Jesus will die too. With the death of Jesus, the purpose of Jesus will die too because the disciples will not be able to carry on. That's what people thought. But somehow, that was not the case. Somehow, our history tells us that Christianity survived. That the early disciples carried on, moved on. And even 2,000 years later here, we are talking about Jesus' movement. They went through so much persecutions and difficulties, even more persecutions than when they were with Jesus. And now without Jesus, they were able to go through that storm because they had hope. They were able to fight through that threat and crisis because there was something within them. And that something within them was hope. Hope for the kingdom of God. Hope for the better world. They had that hope and that hope carried them. That's why Christianity was able to survive. It's a very small movement. Few people, few, at the most few hundred people in the beginning. And they were able to carry on. That is a power of resurrection. Today we read words from St. Paul. This is what he said. I want to read it again for you. I want to know Christ and power of his resurrection. I want to know it. I want to know the power of resurrection. And he said, and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. If somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had, has made me his own. I mean, here, very clear picture. He wants to know the power of resurrection and then he will have hope and that hope will carry him so that he could press on. Paul knew the power of resurrection. He didn't see the resurrection, but he saw the power of resurrection. He had strong hope, and that was why he could press on. My friends, you won't see the body of resurrected Christ. Even if you see him uh, in your dream, it won't help you much. Because the resurre resurrection cannot become real by what you see. But as you believe in God, the power of resurrection becomes impregnated. 
when you believe in God, the power of resurrection will be impregnated and the hope will be impregnated. And then hope will start moving within you like a baby moving in your body. For those who are pregnant, they experience, they know what it means to have, have baby moving in their tummy. In the same way, the hope moves within you. The power of resurrection is not what you achieve. The scripture never says that Jesus rose from the dead by himself on his own. No, Jesus did nothing about resurrection. Jesus did nothing. He just died. And the scripture says, God raised him from the dead. Jesus only had hope. But God raised him from the dead using the hope that Jesus had within him. The power of resurrection is not what you accumulate within you. The power of resurrection is not something that you can get from the world. The power of resurrection is what God gives you when you trust God. Harvey Cox, a professor at Harvard University, he wrote many uh, famous books like Secular City and so on. And he said this, when I was in prison, during civil rights movement, young black men were captured with me and in the neighborhood cell when Harvey heard the young black man crying out, singing, we shall overcome. That was when I was most clearly sure about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When we heard that shouting, screaming, and singing, we shall overcome. That's when he was sure about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Resurrection is not somewhere out there. Resur resurrection is right here among us and within us. We are living in a very sad world. Just last week, you heard about the bombing in uh, Belgium. We are living in the world of greed, violence, inequality, anger, apathy, and meaninglessness, all kinds of discriminations, and prejudice. We can easily be victims of the world around us. But let us not leave ourselves powerless victims of this world. You are better than that. I hope that you don't just become powerless, meaningless victim of this world. If you only think about your own survival, in my opinion, that's a victim. 
That's a victim mentality. If you only think about yourself, in my opinion, that's a victim. The people who have, who have hope within them, they will press on to make justice, to make this world a better world. And God will let the power of resurrection work within them. It is not what I do. It is what God does. The power of resurrection makes us living. Makes us live meaningful life. Not just for myself. For the others around us. Happy Easter. Let us sing together.